0: We're going to continue today in this series entitled blessed. We launched into it last week. And for this month of November, what we're trying to just journey together on is this idea that, you know, we have so many good things around us, don't we? The problem is we live in a culture that's eat up with negativity. And if we're not careful, the negativity overshadows all the blessings and the good things that God has done all around us. And I don't know about you, but but it's it's easy for me. I'm <clears throat> I'm prone to focus on things that are just off, things that aren't right, and I'm I, I tend to get a little fired up and more passionate, and, and my my thought is consumed with with things that just have a negative bent. You know, it's been encouraging for me to see some of your social media postings this week though. Some of you are posting a blessing a day and uh, Sharon, I saw some of yours and uh, I love that. Uh, the, the, we just need more of that, amen? The, the, don't you love words? Do you respond better to words of encouragement or discouragement? Encouragement. Awesome, anybody say discouragement? No, no one likes that. So let's stop it and let's be encouragers. We, we talk about in order for us to get past the negativity, we're going to have to have a, a kind of a, a new perspective. We need a, a, an adjustment in the way we see things around us. And, and what we're trying to journey through is to see things from God's perspective, because when you see things from God's perspective, I think you really understand and see the blessings of, 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 of life. Um, talked about last week about not being a cellar dweller. Remember that? Colossians chapter three says to set your mind on things above things, not of this earth, right? For your old life is gone and your new life is now hidden with Christ in in, in God. You see what I'm saying? So I, I don't need to look at the old things and I need to set my mind on. Things above, things that are right and pure and noble and true and trustworthy. All those things scripture lays out for us, right? We need to set our mind on, on things above. This, this, this word blessing, now let, let me just, when we say we're blessed, we're not talking just about material things, okay? Although every one of us in this room and every one of us watching right now are the recipients of some material blessings of God, are we not? You're clothed today, um, some of you, uh, uh, I, I saw a young man eating the breakfast of champions just a few moments ago out there, a banana nut muffin with a Dr. Pepper. I'm telling you, <laughs> is God not good to us or what? Come on. You know, it's a good day. Amen. <clears throat> but there are so many other blessings of life besides just the material stuff that we like to la- like to latch onto and focus on bank accounts and, and square footage and horsepower and, and, and all that. God is good, is he not? And he's blessed us. You'll find that word blessing used over 7,000 times throughout the scripture. And sometimes it is a, a, a financial blessing or a blessing of, of land or properties. Uh, but more importantly, there's just a feeling. And we looked at the Greek word last week in the New Testament. One of the Greek words used for this word blessing is that word makarios. And that word makarios means to be fully satisfied. Listen, if there's anything that deser- deserves our singing, our lifting our hands and our worshiping, listen, its if there's anything that you've been blessed with, it's the potential to have a new life through Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross, right? And so that's what it means. Is, is Christ really enough? Are we fully satisfied in him? Is he really enough that makarios, are we fully? fully satisfied through, through Christ. And I used an adage last week and kind of let you know where we were going to go with this, but we've heard this phrase throughout our lifetime time and time again. And I just think it's important for us to, to spend some time uh, with this idea today about, you know, we're the recipients of all these blessings, but here's the deal. We're blessed in order to be a blessing. And that's where we're gonna go today. And I want us to begin to to take a little inventory. Some of you began to write some things down last week through the little exercise that we put you through. You listed some of those things. But listen, I want you to know that, hey, we, we do not deserve the blessings of God. You know that, right? None of us deserve to be blessed by God. Some of us think we do, but we, in fact, do you know what we do deserve? Scripture says that we deserve death. Scripture says in Romans, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know the Bible says that. And it goes on to say a couple of pages later, and the wages of that sin is death. Isn't that encouraging? You came to church, you all deserve to die. You probably have heard a preacher scream that at you a time or two in the course of your lifetime. But the verse doesn't end there. For the wages of sin is death, But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, amen? So although we deserve death, we do deserve that. God doesn't give us what we deserve. Aren't you thankful for that? That he blesses us and he gives us life through Jesus Christ. And I want you to know something today. Jesus came to give you life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, amen? So that's my prayer for all of us here today, but God is good and he blesses us and he doesn't bless us just because we deserve it. He doesn't bless us because, you know, we, we, it, and it's not just for our own benefit, it's for the benefit of others. The month of November, I don't know if you know this, is set aside as, as national uh, foster and Adoption Month within our nation. It's something that started back in, 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 in 1976. Then Massachusetts Governor Mike Dukakis set aside a week in his state in which they, they had an awareness, a focus on this epidemic of, of foster and adoption and the need to step in and, 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 and do something to, to change the course. Even back in the 70s that was taking place. It, it, it caught on and become, it became a, a, a national focus in 1984 when then-President Ronald Reagan set aside a, a, a whole week as, as for a nation that we focus on foster and adoption ministries. And then President Bill Clinton in 1995 even furthered that and set aside the whole month of November for us as a nation. And so today, we're going to celebrate this idea of Foster and adoption. In fact, we, we, we hold highly to it as a church. We, we even have a ministry that we established several years ago called reclaimed. And you may have seen that name in some of our branding. You may have seen it on a shirt. Uh, We, we have a ministry in which we, we help families, help people, individuals come alongside and support the orphaned in our nation today. And, and, and listen, our, our, our foster and adoption ministry, the systems that we've set up as a nation, they're, they're, they're broken. They're, they're, they're hurting tremendously. The, the, these, these systems and processes and institutions that have been set up to, to protect boys and girls, we, we could say that, that, that in some instances, maybe we are seeing some of that take place, but it is flawed and broken as well there's abuse that's taking place in some of these scenarios these these places that are not meant to be the end all for boys and girls but 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 to be hopefully a a, a launching pad and to then have permanency in in homes with families so many find themselves still just languishing in these institutions for years in, in fact on any given day in our nation there will be 443,000 boys and girls in 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 a foster uh, care uh, or adoption type of scenario, maybe even in a facility of some sorts. We know that it's not just young kids, but the, actually the average age of those in our foster um, care um, system is, is the age of eight, and so it's not just the infants and, and, and babies being born in this scenario. Many of them are longing to, to be reunified with their family or to be welcomed in as a, as a forever child in, in, in a home somewhere within our nation. A, a kid spends on the average two years in, 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 in the foster um, um, scenario or, or, or situation. Some actually 6% spend five years or even longer in, in, in the system as well some never get adopted some never are welcomed into a forever family and so we 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 set aside a, a understanding a few years back that, that this is an epidemic, but more importantly, we, we've seen demonstrated within this congregation, several families that, that have actually stepped into that world. In fact, we have right now within our congregation, at least 22 families that are actively involved in the foster and adoption world. Maybe they have brought, yeah, I think we can celebrate that. They've brought kids into their homes. Some have actually even adopted them. Some serve, there are many others that serve as what they call respite caregivers, meaning that, that when one of these foster parents needs a break or, or what have you, they step in, they've been trained and equipped and have stepped in and come alongside of these families to, to give some aid in, 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 in times of need as well. I love it. In fact, the, the Barna research group said this, that that practicing Christians actually are are more involved in in the adoption world than just the the average American. Now, I don't know what a practicing Christian means. In fact, I hate that phrase. We ought to all be practicing Christianity. In fact, if you're not, stop calling yourself a Christian. Just get off the bus. We need people who are serious about living out what Christ calls us to live out. That's a different sermon, but you know I'm right. I've met people, are you a practicing Christian? No, I'm a non-practicing one. Whoa. Are you human? No, I'm a non-practicing android. No, uh, no, stop it. Anyway, sorry, get back. Barna says that practicing Christians adopt, adopt kids actually more than, that the, the, the average is that 2% of Americans have adopted a child, but as practicing Christians, ours is just over 5%. Woo-hoo. We're, we're above average. In that area, I guess. But anyway, there's some that were below. But that's okay. That's a different series as well. But I love that. This idea of us stepping into. Many of you have seen this verse in James chapter 1, verse 27. And I think that's what, what we understand as a church as well. When James says that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. And refusing to let the world corrupt you. And James is speaking about, hey, listen, what, 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 real religion is whenever we as Christians step into these needy situations in our culture. And this, this world of foster and adoption is, is a very needy, needy um, area in our culture. And in fact, there are about 50,000 boys and girls that will be adopted this year in the United States. But 20,000 will age out, meaning that when they reach a certain age, they're out of the system. 20,000 will age out and not have a place to go to. It's time for us as a church. And, and, and keep in mind, when, when, when James in, in, in 127 talks about pure and genuine religion, he's not referring to ceremonies or temples or... or, or you know, anything like that. He's talking about this P- pure and genuine religion is whenever we take the truth of the scripture and we begin to live that out and share it with other people. That's pure and genuine religion. And, and, and so for us to just say, man, gosh, the, the, the foster and adoption, is, is, is that, that, that is a great need in our culture or, or, or widows or any other need that, you know, present in, 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 in your circle of influence for us to see those things and not step into, to do something about it. Guys, listen, we're not being obedient to the word of God. Are you with me there? Pure and genuine religion is when we take the word of God and we live it out, we practice it and we share it with others. You cannot read scripture and miss the mandate on us as the church to care for orphaned. You can't can't miss that or to care for for those that are in need around us. There are story after story that many of you know, you've heard time and time again, in which we see individuals stepping into someone's time of trouble or struggle and, and, and doing what Jesus would do. He steps in to to, to just bless. And so what does this all have to do with us in this blessed series? Listen, this room today is littered with people who are tremendously blessed. Listen, God is a good God. We just sang about it. You are good, you're good. Those are not just words to a cute little song. Listen, it really speaks to who he is. Would you agree with me there? He's good. He's good. Every good and, and, and perfect gift flows from heaven above. The things that you have in your life are a result of a good God in heaven. He's not evil. He's not bad. He's a good, good father. We don't sing, you're a bad, bad father. We don't sing that. You know, that's not who he is. He's good. And the good things that we experience in this life are a result of his goodness Towards us, Why would God bless us? I already said to you what scripture says. We deserve death. We deserve judgment. We deserve eternal separation from this good father in heaven. But why would he bless us? Why, why, why would God want us to step into to the world of the orphaned? I mean, can't he just snap his finger and take care of it all? Listen, when we step into the needs of people around us, whether that be the orphan, the widow, or other situations that you're when we step into those situations, check this out, we're putting Jesus on display for them to see. We're, 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 we're being Jesus in someone's world. And so, so praise God for those that have said yes to, to orphan. Ministry For those who are, who have, who have fostered and adopted in this house. Amen. Amen. They're stepping in and, and, and in that scenario of opening up their home to, to someone. Listen, they are, they are showing those children and they're showing people around them who God is by simply stepping in and addressing and meeting a need. God's good and he's blessed so, he's blessed every one of us in the house and online. He has blessed us. What are we going to do with that? We're blessed to be a blessing. You, 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 you've received the goodness of God and the blessings of God. And I'm not just talking about materialistic type of things. Some of you guys are Smart. You've, you've learned some things. What are you doing to pass that on and to help someone who, who like me could probably use some smarts or those of you that are gifted in some trade or skill, you work with your hands, you build things, you, you fix things. I have my own personal Mr. Goodwrench. I call him when something besides gasoline is needed in my car. I can do the gas thing. But I'm so thankful that that God has equipped and wired some of you guys to, 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 what are you doing with the way God has blessed you to be a blessing to others? Check this out. We've been blessed in order to be a conduit of blessings To other people. You know what a conduit is, right? A conduit is kind of a channel. It's 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 a way for something to pass through to get somewhere else. We we've been blessed by God, the recipients of not just because we're awesome and can walk around toot our own or say, I'm so blessed, I'm blessed, blessed, woo-woo, I'm blessed, blessed. No, we're blessed so that we can be a conduit of blessings. To other people. I, I asked a gentleman in our church, Michael, is M- Michael James is here. you hear, round two, second sermon right here. I love it. Um, but I asked Michael, Michael works in the aquatics world. He builds ponds and lagoons and water parks, not that, but he works with water and he builds things. I said, Mike, what, what's the, you understand conduit. He said, absolutely. I said, what, what would, what would be something opposite from a conduit? He said, a bucket And I I think some of us are buckets. We we receive the blessings of God and we just hoard them and keep them to ourselves. I'm blessed, you're not. You know, and we just, we kind of give it to people. Look at my blessing. No, no. God has blessed you so that through you, blessings could flow to other people. Can I give you a biblical reference to that? Paul would write about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He would say this, "All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort." Oh, we stop right there. If you're hurting and miserable and struggling today, God is the source of comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. Why? There it is. Paul answers so that we can comfort others. When, when, when they're troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Are you seeing that here? Listen, so I receive the comfort, I receive the blessing from God. Not just so I can say, oh, thank you, God, for comforting me. No, Paul says, so in turn, I can be that conduit of blessing for someone else. Does that make sense to anybody but me? I'm blessed in order to be a blessing. Are you a conduit? Are you no buckethead? You just taking it all for you. You know, God blesses people who are generous. And, and and people who are greedy hoarders, He doesn't bless that. In fact, look what it says. Proverbs chapter 11, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and what? Come on. And what? Give freely and become more wealthy. Now, before you start saying cha-ching, 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 I'm not talking about necessarily dollar amounts here or stuff. I'm just, I'm just talking about wealthy could be. Just the goodness, just goodness. Give freely, and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Come on, stop right there. How many of you have, have been generous to somebody? And doesn't it just do something in you? Doesn't it just make you feel better? Hey, listen, I, 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 can I brag? Is it okay to brag? Preacher, going to brag a little bit. We had 175 angels on our angel tree last weekend in this church. And those things, we, we, we had to pull the angel tree down, Pastor West, because these generous people gobbled up every one of those things. So there's no need just to have a piece of wood up there that looks like a tree and that's odd looking. But you guys are generous people. And Proverbs 11 says, you're refreshed when you're generous. Look what it goes on to say in verse 26, people curse those who hoard their grain, bucket people, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. You could jump forward into the New Testament, to the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon ever preached, Matthew's chapters five through, Matthew chapters five through seven. But in verse seven of chapter five, look what Jesus said. God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. The reality is all of us know of some needs around us, whether that be the orphaned, the widowed, or whatever else you want that you are aware of. And maybe it's a neighbor that's down and out. Maybe it's someone who's lost a job. Maybe it's someone who is restricted now to living in a nursing home. Maybe it's, you know what I'm talking about. You fill in the blank. How might God use us to be a conduit of his blessing? Now why, 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 why does God bless people? Uh, again, I would, first of all, because he loves us that 's just what he does, but and he blesses us guys, not to be buckets, but to be conduits, and to bless other people around us. We looked at a phrase last week, a, a scenario I described it to you in, in the book of Corinthians, where the Corinthian church was, were hearing needs of other surrounding regions and areas, and and they begin to, to to give generously to support the works of of, 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 of Christ in these other cities and other regions. And, and there was that thought that crept into their mind that some of us have thought about a time or two that if I'm generous and if I'm this conduit of blessing, well, and I'm blessing and giving away and helping and serving and other people, well, what about my own needs? And, and, and you remember last week we looked at Paul answered that question as well. And when, when he said, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous So so God's gonna bless. We saw in Proverbs, he blesses generous people. Listen, don't you worry. God's not gonna necessarily give you what you want, but he'll give you what you need, it says here, so that you can continue to be, be generous. God's got you. He's got you. But how could he use you to be a blessing to someone else? All of us love the blessings of God. We love it when God shows up and he shows off in our lives and he meets a need and he blesses us in some form or fashion. But today, today, can I get you to begin to think about, but how can I use what God has entrusted to me to bless someone else? Does that make sense to anybody? God, how do you want to use me to bless others? Listen, the blessing's not just for you not just for you. So you can be puffed up yet. God wants to meet our needs, not our wants, but our needs. But he also wants us to be generous to those around us. Did you know that there's an assignment on your life? Listen, God still has you here today. He's not finished with you. God God has you here and he's not finished using you. What is it that God has for your life? Who are those people that maybe God has brought into your path that you might be able to bless? How will you be generous with God's generosity demonstrated towards you? Paul and Second Corinthians and 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 you don't have this, it's not on the screens. Just 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 I just want to read some things to you um, that, that just speak of, of, of what's happening in 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 this idea of generosity and blessing and and, and in 2 Corinthians chapters eight and nine. Read that this week. Just that's your that that is your assignment this week. Last week you made blessings, but but I want you to to camp out this week in your Bible reading on Second Corinthians chapters Eight and nine. I just want to bring out some highlights. Again, Paul is, is thanking uh, the church for, for stepping out and meeting the needs uh, in Macedonia. And he said, they're being tested by many troubles. They're very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify, he says in verse three, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. See, I think a lot of us just feel like, well, what, what, can I, what can I get by with that's really maybe not gonna be a sacrifice or cost me anything? You know what I'm saying? And, and the, I, I love the, the, the imagery here is that they, they, they gave not only what they could afford, but they gave far more. And it says they gave it from their own free will. You see, I think that's, I think that's why foster parents or adoptive parents step into that world is, is, is maybe they don't feel like they have a lot to give. They just see a need and they see a, 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 a child who, who they can make a difference in. And in fact, it's interesting to me because it's, it's, I love it whenever, whenever the call goes out to one of our foster parents. Hey, we've got somebody we're gonna match you with. And we saw it happen this a, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's been a long time since we've had a, a bassinet. We've never, we've not had a baby for years. Our kids are older and they're grown now. Gosh, I don't know when the last time I changed a diaper and baby bottles, golly. I mean, but but I love to see in, in those times, those people are not thinking about what they What what they have, and and then you see ministries like the Vault, which is an incredible ministry that that comes alongside that we support as a church. that, That comes alongside and helps these families as they say yes to just they just see a need and they respond to it, and then God provides for them, but they don't have it. But yet we see God time and time again providing. They're just opening up their home and taking them in. I love this verse in, in, in verse 9. It says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he can make you rich. Paul would go on to say something like this Check this out. Give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Mm, hey. I know there's a famous, famous phrase in a commercial that's playing these days that say, what's in your wallet? I'm not talking about that. Hey, but what's in your hand? What, what has God entrusted you with? What, 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 what maybe knowledge do you have? Do, do, what, what is it that you possess right now that God wants to use to be a blessing to someone else? There's something he wants to use in you. Chapter nine. Oh gosh, Paul is, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will grow a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Uh, He goes on to say, for your generosity and to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ I mean it 's just rich and I just I just want your conduit of blessing and how will you use that to put God on display for the world around us i I, I pulled this statistic up a couple of years back when 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 I was preaching on the same topic and and I just want to read it to you once again, but can can you imagine what might happen if, if every Christian worldwide would, and I'm just talking about cared for orphans. Let me read to you this statistic. If one family from every church in Texas, just Texas, you know we're awesome. It's a great nation, isn't it? Just kidding. It's a great state. People outside Texas. That's what's wrong with y'all. Y'all just so cocky and arrogant. Here we go. If one family from every church in Texas would become a foster family, all children in Texas foster care would be in a safe Christian home. If just one family... And every church in Texas would become a foster home. Every kid in the Texas foster system would be in a Christian home. No, 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 I know what you're saying. Please hear my heart. Not everyone is called to foster or to adopt. But we are all called to do something we're called to do something. And so you may not go through the training and the background checks and the home studies and become a foster environment. You may not ever adopt a child. But listen, there is something you blessed individual that you can do. Maybe it's, it's coming alongside of a, of a family that's fostering or adopting. Maybe it's giving financially. To, to some sort of foster or adoption cause. Uh, maybe it's running in a race, right? Come on, one less. Maybe it's, it's, it's coming up and eating pancakes. Dylan, I don't eat pancakes, not on the program, but I'm gonna eat them for you. And I'm gonna pay to see you sing a silly little song too. You know, Palacios family, I'm gonna buy the t-shirt. <laughs> Listen, we all can do. We all can at least pray, can't we? We should be, but not just for the orphan or the widow. But guys, what about the other needs represented in our world today? What will we do? Will, will we live this out, or, or, or will, will we be like? the religious leaders who saw the man bludgeoned and bleeding and near death on the side of the road, just say, man, he's not blessed, sorry. What will we do? Will we step in? Will we begin to live out and demonstrate what we say we believe? We can do something. Let me just tell you real quick, just a little programming note. Today after our third service, we're gonna do this another time. Michael, there's a third service you could stay for if you want to today. But but today at one o'clock, we're gonna have a lunch and a, and, a, and a Q&A and an informational session that our reclaimed ministry is actually putting on today. For those of you that might just be a little interested, or maybe you just wanna hear a little bit more about a role you can play. Listen, I don't want you to feel like if you walk through that door and, and grab a plate of food that, that, that you're signing up to foster or adopt. But, but I do think that it's, it's you showing that, you know what, I have a concern and a care and, and I'm interested to see maybe how God might wanna use me as a conduit of blessing in this world. Is that okay to say that? That's at one o'clock today. Our reclaimed ministry is gonna be hosting that, amen? Hey, would you stand with me right now? Ministry team, come join your preacher down front today as we have a time to pray and receive folks. Listen, for those of you that are new around here, every Sunday at the end of our services, we have a group of people that stand down front that truly, truly desire to be used by God in whatever situation you might be facing. Maybe there's a difficulty. Maybe there's a decision that needs to be made. Maybe there's a relationship struggle, health decree, whatever. Maybe it's just you wanna come and 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 testify, hey, God's done this and I just wanna let somebody know. But our team is here every week to pray with you and encourage you. Maybe today you have a question about Jesus and what a life in Jesus is all about and how can I give my life to Jesus. This team would be ready to help you with that as well today. But so don't miss this moment. But let me pray over us before we leave here. And God, I, I just pray that you would continue to let this sermon simmer in our thoughts when we leave leave this room today. Because the reality is that there are blessed people all over this house. And you've blessed us, not just for our own benefit, but you've blessed us because you wanna use us in someone else's life, in their world. You want us to step into a time of need and you want us to put your son, Jesus, on display. Whether that be in the orphan world or in the life of a widow, whether that be someone else in a time of need, God, you're calling us to consider them and to see that need. And you're calling us as blessed people to be generous in stepping into that situation. So God, I pray that you would um, not let us continue to wrestle with this in a healthy way today as we leave this house God we, 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 we want to be your people and pure and genuine religion is not just knowing the scripture but it's actually living it out and doing something with it and that's my greatest prayer for this house today Once again, I want to pray God's blessing over you found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may he give you his favor and his peace. Amen.